0: Hi Abe, it's good to see you. Uh, glad that we have this chance to do this conversation six uh, discussion today.
1: Yeah, it's good to talk to you, Zach.
0: Well, we decided to talk a bit about Taiwan uh, this afternoon um, and, and first issue on my mind is is this question of whether an invasion is particularly likely. Um, I, I know you've thought a lot about this and, and I have some thoughts as well Uh, But, you know, some have suggested that an invasion of Taiwan is likely in the next two to three years, which is quite a quite a close time frame. Uh, So so interested to get your thoughts on on whether that makes sense to you or or whether you have some some questions about about the logic.
1: Yeah, so I'm I'm certainly concerned about what's been happening on the Taiwan Strait and China's um, increasingly uh, coercive and aggressive use of military power. Um, to threaten Taiwan. Um, but I'm, I'm not quite hair on fire yet, um, as some have been about the next just couple of years, just because I don't see um, the fundamentals changing um, so radically. Um, I see that China is shifting from um, trying is, is shifting to try to deter uh, independence from uh, in Taiwan. Is using all elements of national power—economic, political, and military—to try to um, put in to try to insert a feeling in Taiwan that um, it's hopeless, that resistance is futile. To use a, a Star Trek term, <laughs> and, to, and to send a, a signal to the United States that the costs of intervening on Taiwan's behalf would just be too great. So we sh- it's not something that we should think about.
0: Yeah, that. That seems right to me. I think the hard thing here, right, is we we do have reason to be worried about the cross-strait military balance. Um, and, and it's not that it hasn't been deteriorating, but I think sometimes people sort of assume that just because China is planning uh, to prepare for a Taiwan Strait contingency, that that necessarily means that they would immediately act when they have the capability to do so. But it strikes me that, that that may not be accurate, right? Just the ability to physically um, take Taiwan at at some cost, um, that may not be enough to drive Beijing to do it. They may be restrained by a variety of factors, one of which is just that the risk level may be, may be too high. They may not be confident enough. Um, that it is time yet and and so I think that two to three year window sounds way closer to me than, than what I think is realistic which is not to say that we shouldn't be doing lots of things to prepare for that that possibility but is is to say that maybe we have a bit more more time than some have suggested
1: well and I think that and that's a great point I think it, it suggests the, the other point that, that I think is important to, to hear here in that um, this is not a strict, timeline or countdown that some are predicting. I think that this is an interactive process of how China's leaders calculate risk and benefit of a potential use of force against Taiwan. And we can affect that calculation. And I think not only with military investments, which I agree are necessary, um, but also through economic and political means. Um, Talking about Taiwan with our allies, like I expect we will be doing with uh, Japan as uh, the prime minister visits. Um, I think, further complicates and raises the level of risk that Chinese leaders have to contemplate when thinking about the use of force in Taiwan and hopefully pushing whatever idea of a timeline they have in their minds, pushing that back further, saying today's not the day. Let's keep working on it. Maybe it's, it looks better tomorrow.
0: Yeah, that, um, that sounds right to me.
1: Yeah. I wanted to ask you uh, about some new guidelines that have been issued by the Biden administration on interactions with Taiwan, which can be a bit um, Byzantine, almost Talmudic in its complexity. <laughs> um, I'm curious, what, what are your thoughts on these new guidelines and what it means with uh, for our unofficial relationship with Taiwan?
0: It, it seems like a smart move, and you know, I I think um, obviously there's been an effort to you know reinforce the U.S. deterrent commitment. Um, to make clear that actually uh, Beijing should not assume, as, as Tony Blinken mentioned, that uh, Washington would, would simply stand by in a cross-state crisis. Um, and this strikes me as one way to do that without imperiling the unofficial nature of the, um, of the bulk of the relationship. So, so you know, I I think the fact that these new guidelines were announced and we we haven't heard a lot of complaining from either Beijing or Taipei seems to signal that the Biden team got this just about right. Uh, it's a tricky balance, though. But but what's your view?
1: I I agree. I, I think it's some of those rules got a little silly. I was um, I was a, a victim of some of these rules at times, having to. Be- <laughs> Meet with some Taiwan officials in a hotel rather than in the U.S. government building, um, but the the delegation that was sent by the Biden administration, with former deputy secretaries of state as well as um, as well as a former senator close to the president, I think shows that the rubric is changing and the Biden team is doing what it can to signal uh, commitment to Taiwan in a non in a de-escalatory way. Hey, I thanks. think I think that's hey, right. Sam, this is
0: great. Yep, I enjoyed it. All right, thanks, Abe. <laughs> Good to talk to you. Okay, bye.